done it for me. I mean, I have to say I've definitely had help along the way. But what I've learned is like the only way it's going to happen is if you do it yourself and hopefully get people behind you to believe in what you're doing. And then they start doing it too. I never hired people to work, whether it was at a fashion magazine or now at Glam for Good. Even if they look great, you know, they have to like roll up their sleeves and be able to bust their butt. Because you know what? If you can't give 100%, it's not going to get done. And you know, we did an event with Mrs. Obama. I think it was one of the most incredible initiatives. You know, one of those moments that you asked me that was important for Glam for Good. And that was obviously a huge honor for Glam for Good. And I co-hosted it with Mrs. Obama, and we were in a military base helping military moms. And it was just such a moment. Like, I was in that moment going, this is unbelievable. I'm so honored to be with Mrs. Obama. She was there working, too. She was scrapping, too. She was making it happen. I've had in my career the honor to work with so many incredible people like Oprah, like Mrs. Obama, and so many others. And you know, especially through fashion and now through Glam for Good, some of the hardest working people I've met are the biggest stars. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Now it's time for my favorite segment where we get to hear from you, our listeners, about your favorite fashion moments. My name is Sandra Joe. I'm from San Diego, California. And one of my favorite fashion moments of all time was seeing Eden Miller's runway show in 2013. That was all plus size women walking down the runway at New York Fashion Week. It really resonated with me because it was awesome to see bodies like mine representing designer collections and showing everybody that all bodies can be the face and the body of designer collections. Mary Alice Stevenson is one of my go-to fashion and beauty experts. As one of the industry's most notable fashion spokespeople, Mary Alice has appeared on almost every major network in the nation. Having consulted for brands like American Express, Tommy Hilfiger, Matt Cosmetics, and Carolina Herrera, to name a few, she's not only brilliant and drop-dead gorgeous, but also has a heart of gold, giving back to others as often as she can. Mary Alice is the founder and CEO of Glam for Good and the Glam for Good Foundation, an organization that uses style to make a social impact. She has received several awards and honors and even participated in First Lady Michelle Obama's fashion education workshop at the White House. The Glam for Good Foundation empowers thousands of women and their families across the country with initiatives that donate millions in clothing, personal care essentials, and several services, as well as raise awareness for numerous causes. Listen in to learn more about Mary Alice's journey and Glam for Good. Well, hello, Mary Alice Stevenson. I am so thrilled that you are a guest today on a fashion moment with me. It's been so long since I've last seen you. You've done so many amazing things, especially with Glam for Good, but 
also, you've had such an amazing career in both fashion and the nonprofit industry and TV. We got to talk about that <laughs> the show. <laughs> so if we could start from the beginning, you know, where are you from? And, you know, how in the world did you get here? Like, are, like where'd, where'd this come from? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, um, I, that's, I really don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, where did this <laughs> love for fashion come from? Right. Where did that uh, all come from? I think, you know what? I First of all, thank you so much. It's awesome to be here with you, Kristen. And um, I've always been a big fan of, of you and, and how you conduct yourself um, in oh, the world. You. And you're such a big, kind, sweetheart of a woman and beautiful inside oh, and out. And so um, when you asked me to do this podcast, I'm honored to be here. Uh, uh, and I'm excited for you and, 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 uh, everything in your future. Um, oh, I started, uh, glam for good after being in the fashion and beauty industry for, as you know, over 25 years. And Ooh. it started as a, uh, movement and w- was just a way to connect purpose, um, to fashion and beauty. Um, and I started doing a lot of initiatives, um, empowerment initiatives uh, with nonprofits and organizations across the country. And it was really just me seeing that there was so much excess in fashion and beauty because I had been in this industry for so long. And I saw all the clothing and self-care products that were either burned or <laughs> put in landfills or... Yeah. Uh, just demolished in some way. And I just thought there's got to be a better way to repurpose all of the things that big mass brands and fashion and beauty and smaller brands are not utilizing anymore. And so I just, it was something that uh, was, I couldn't stop myself. I mean, once it started, I, I think you hear that a lot from nonprofit leaders or entrepreneurs. Like when you hit the cord of life that is yours, what you're supposed to be doing, you know, and everything comes together, just made so much sense for me. I knew that every single moment in my long career in fashion at Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, Marie Claire, Allure, you know, consulting with brands, it was all meant to be for Glam for Good. Absolutely. hundred percent. So, you know, growing up in Michigan, coming to New York and working in the fashion and beauty business, um, was just such an incredible ride and experience. And then when I connected it to what I'm really supposed to be doing in life, mm-hmm. uh, divine purpose, it was just miracles happen. Cause there's no way wow. I could have started glam for good without people like you friends and a community around me that I got to know through my career because glam for good did not start with an endowment. I did not sell a company. I didn't marry a philanthropist (laughs) glam for good started with nothing but love and good intention, hard work and seeing um, a, a problem in the fashion and beauty industry and how I could turn it in favor to help people really. And what were some of your first initiatives? Like when you were getting started, like what were some of the ideas that you had and, and what kind of projects did you work on? You know, I started doing, uh, I started working with a lot of organizations like American Cancer Society and Make-A-Wish. And I started doing these big fashion gives and more kind of makeover, makeover uh, initiatives, uh, 
helping women that had gone through a really tough time, whether it was from breast cancer or uh, um, life-threatening illness. And so that was more of a kind of empowering self-esteem and dignity, kind of one person at a time. And then that just started growing and growing and till today. And now uh, Glam for Good, the Glam for Good Foundation, our mission is to uh, give new clothing and personal care essentials and services to people in need around six impact pillars. So we do not, we actually give what people need, just like water, shelter, food, money. People need that to survive. People need clothing and self-care. So we do big gives to, we've worked with over 32,000 women and their family. We've given close to 40 million in, in goods and services and across the country. And so it really evolved. And I think everything does. It's a, it's a, big learning safari. For me, I never thought I'd be running a nonprofit, right? So yeah. it's a huge learning safari. And as I was learning and talking to nonprofits I was doing initiatives with, um, uh, it really started evolving. And it started as a movement. And then we turned into an official 501c3 um, in 2016. And so next, next year is our fifth <laughs> year as a nonprofit. Wow. But um, it's been a big, uh, any entrepreneur of any business, uh, uh, it's a big learning curve. And I never thought I'd be running a nonprofit. Um, and it's been quite a journey. And, I lear- and I've learned what to do and not to do through this process. But at the end of the day, I'm very, very proud of the incredible work we've done across the country. And now when we do events and pop-ups in different locations, we're helping hundreds. Or even now during the pandemic, pivoting and sending to different organizations, which they then pop up. So uh, whether it's a natural disaster zone, whether it's in a homeless shelter, a domestic violence shelter, whether it's in an underserved school or a hospital or what we're doing right this very minute in the next couple of weeks with New York City. We literally do these gives of socks, underwear, key clothing pieces that people need, whether it's work-related, whether it's school-related, and then also self-care, deodorant, um, face wash, so important, um, chapstick, whatever it is to keep someone feeling um, good about themselves and to empower their dignity. Um, mm. and keep them going uh, through whatever challenges they're going through is really what we do. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. When people think of fashion or the industry, they often don't associate it with <laughs> doing good and helping others. So it was really great. I mean, you were yeah one of the first pioneers to really sort of connect those things. And that's so awesome to see. I, I'm curious, what... What was one of the most pivotal, life-changing moments for you uh, in your work where you realize and recognize that what you were doing was truly making an impact on people's lives? Oh, my God. I mean, there's just... There's so many. (laughs) I really do think... um, I think there's been so many different... I'll give you a couple examples. Uh... You know, uh, there's been so many different moments where, where, for example, we were at, at um, after Hurricane 
uh, Maria, we were in Texas and we had, we did a pop-up with a thousand teachers. Um, wow. And the teachers all lost everything. They all lost their homes in the hurricane or really damaged, lost a lot of their, because mo- after a hurricane and water, a water disaster, uh, uh, leaking and all that, there comes mold, right? So you have to th- yeah. throw away all of your clothes. Oh my God. And also after wow. natural disasters, people lose things like their eyewear and they lose everything really and have to get yeah. fresh. And, um, so we popped up in Texas and, you know, gave pretty much head to toe things for work wear, um, sleep wear, things for their kids to, to, uh, have and their, their, you know, their entire families to have. And we, I think at that, that was a, something like, you know, 2.8 million in, in, in good. Wow. We brought into Houston and I was sitting in the hallway this group, there was about four women and it was after, you know, they had left the event and I had gone out to just get some air because it was a very intense event, emotional event. And I went outside for a second to you know, call my son and check in with him back in New York and get a, a, a um, some air. And they were crying and they wow. saw me and they came up and just did this like big hug. They were oh. like bare in a circle and they were bawling. And I started crying and I just knew they felt, wow. I can't even talk about it without crying. Now. I knew they I know felt you're really- going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we're about to I cry knew- on this show. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew they felt relief that yeah. we could help. You know, we can't help with everything, but we can help recreate wardrobes and, um, you know, supplies that you need to empower dignity. And I think what happens when women, um, you know, we are caretakers and givers. And so in our, in, in our pop-ups across the country in our event, women will pick for their kids. They'll pick for their husbands. They'll pick for their boyfriends. They'll pick for their um, family members, their friends. They won't pick for themselves. (laughs) And they're always looking out for other people. And, but they, they feel when they feel that they can, you know, give uh, to the people that they love um, it's, it's so nourishing for them. And, um, so it was a beautiful, beautiful moment that they expressed gratitude. And that happens all the time at Glam for Good. I mean, I think, you know, we underestimate the incredible um, impact that actually reaching out to people and saying, like, we got you on this. We're here for you. Showing acts of kindness and care that help people with something that they need is it's liberating for the person that is giving it and it's liberating for the person that is receiving it because just knowing that someone's got your back every now and then, you know, right. And, um, uh, another time we were doing this Christmas, uh, in Detroit, we did a pop-up and it was 400 kids getting them back to school, uh, clothing, getting them winter coats. Um, and one of the nonprofits that we invited to this event, we had about 10 Detroit based nonprofits. They all wrote thank you letters. So I got this, you know, at the Glam for Good offices, this grouping of thank you letters and one in, they were beautiful and so moving. Our team loved them. And one letter was just, you know, dear Glam for Good, um, 
thank you for not making me feel invisible. And I just thought, here's an eight-year-old kid that's never felt seen. And thank you for not making me feel invisible. So it was more than it was more than just the coats he was receiving or the new shoes or the sweaters or the Christmas gifts we gave him to be able to give to his mama. It was he felt acknowledged as a human being. Mm. And wow. I think that's the beauty of giving and service is acknowledging it that we're all in this together. Wow. And you have a small team. How how do you guys do all that? Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> how many people are on your team? We have about, Mary we have about like, six members on the team. And oh my God. Uh, we 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 really rely on the core team. We have incredible humans. Um like Nina Kamala, our finance director, who she literally accounts for every piece of clothing coming in and going out. Yes, and, I um, know about that life. And quantification uh, <laughs> of it all. Um, and uh, we, we literally, uh, we usually, when we're about to do gives, we will, we have such an incredible community uh, around us of volunteers and employees employees that work for corporations that sponsor our gifts. So employee activism is big with our partners. And also we have 14 board of directors members and a lot of people who you know in fashion, like Dee Hilfiger and Adam Glassman from Oprah's team and Mara Hoffman, fashion designer. Um, And we we have 45 advisory board members of a lot of uh, really interesting people from all walks of life. But, uh, a lot of them are, are in this industry of, you know, fashion and accessories and self-care. Um, and they've all, everyone's been super supportive. So it takes a, a village to do this. And we really have one. So even though we're a young nonprofit, only four years old, we have a massive community uh, around us that support us during our gives. Amazing. And I mean, the work that you're doing is so important right now, um, beyond important <laughs> with the pandemic. And I mean, it's just great to hear. See, fashion people care. Hello. <laughs> fashion people actually help other people. Uh, what I also admire about you is that you're doing all of this and you are a mother. Yes. Um, and that just balancing, like, what first of all what is your um what is the key to balance i know it's like one of those questions or it's how do you do it all right can you do it all how do you balance all of this like how I do you run your organization <laughs> and look fabulous I'm a i don't see any wrinkles on this face <laughs> um you know what it, they're 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 each, everyone does the best they can it's overwhelming it's hard to juggle it all and you know, there's good days <laughs> and bad days, and we're all we are all rallying and trying to do the best we can. And you know, I I just try to focus on forward movement and not getting stuck and getting overwhelmed. And I think for me, action um, that that what I learned is you can always think big, right? In any in any genre, you're thinking big, and to have big ideas, that's incredible. But you, you really have to have actionables and steps and you get these things done and mark them off the list. So for me, it was, you know, one give at a time that started growing Glam for Good. 
want, okay, let's get this done. Let's pop Mm -hmm. up in this domestic violence shelter. Let's make it happen. Done. You know, then next. And we just kept on. And, and I think that's really, I think that we all get overwhelmed with all we have to do. So if we focus on what's in front of us, um, and focus on that and, um, and it, you know, if, you know, nowadays no one sees the sloppy. Listen, you know, it can be scrappy <laughs> sometimes. Right? I mean, Brand for Good now is four years old, and we have incredible people working. But we're still we're cutting boxes. It does not all go the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> like you know, sometimes I I try to show like receiving. I'm sure you've seen it on my Instagram where we're getting twenty oh yeah thousand pounds of clothing. I guess I saw that. It's like a team of five of us. Even during pandemic, smaller, trying to box and open. Yeah. It is not glamorous. Glam for good <laughs> is, you know, not glamorous. It isn't. It's yeah. it really, um, the name actually, it's really helping people with critical aid and it takes a lot of work to do it. So, uh, <laughs> and it's, and, you know, getting my son involved has is, is been awesome too. So involving oh, your that. kids um, in what you do is, is really important. Wow. That's amazing. You know, you've always been scrappy though. I will never forget (laughs) when I was working at Lord and Taylor in the fashion office and you needed to pull some shoes for Naeem Khan. Oh yes. Yeah. The show. Uh You walk in hair done face beat with this amazing, I think you were wearing Naeem. It was like a, it was like a beaded jacket. It was just like gold like you were just sparkling everywhere and you were on the shoe floor on your knees like all right hand me this one just like scrappy I was like oh my god she's like getting on the ground getting to work getting to work in in like full-on couture I was like okay (laughs) well you know I love it no one's ever done it for me I mean I have to say I've definitely had help along the way but what I've learned is like the only way it's going to happen is if you do it yourself and hopefully get people behind you to believe in what you're doing and then they start doing it too and I think that that I never hired people to work, whether it was at a fashion magazine or now at Glam for Good, even if they look great, they'd have to get, you know, they have to like roll up their sleeves and be able to bust their butt. Cause you know what, if you can't give a hundred percent, it's not going to get done. And, you know, we did an event with Mrs. Obama. I think it was one of the most incredible initiatives. You know, one of those moments that you asked me that was important for Glam for Good. And that was obviously a huge honor Ah. for Glam for Good. And I co-hosted it with Mrs. Obama, and we were in a military uh, base helping military moms. And wow. it was just such a moment. Like, I was in that moment going, this is unbelievable. I'm so honored to be with Mrs. Obama. She was there working, too. She was scrapping, too. She was making it happen. I and love it. So I think some of the – I've had um, in my career the honor to, to work with so many incredible people – like Oprah, like Mrs. Obama, and, and, and so many others. And you know, especially through fashion and now through Glam for Good. And, you know, some of the hardest working people I've met are the biggest stars. And wow. um, working their butts off, getting scrappy, getting it done. And I think a lot of people can make it look glamorous, but nothing is successful without 100% pure dedication and heart. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to get a little, a little surface here and talk about a little fashion. Okay. Okay. Now, clearly 
you know, it seems like fashion is going in a new direction, not only because of the pandemic, but also, you know, diversity and just inclusion. Um, In your opinion, like, what do you see is next for these brands and what they could potentially consider as they're moving into this phase? You know, are we digital? Are we still doing retail? Like, what do you, in your opinion, like, what do you see sort of shifting in the industry as a whole? I mean, you've always been inclusive, but, you know. I I think... I think that, listen, there's still, there's so much work to be done as far as diversity inclusion. And I think like, you know, uh, I see brands like, you know, now, you know, it shouldn't be like a trend. It should be right. Right. I mean, like, all of a sudden <laughs> like, everyone's what? like, you know, and I'm like, wait, you should be doing this a long time ago and this should never stop. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I think that it's, I think that fashion, I think retail and, and selling products um, fashion, beauty, and, and, and more is really going to be personality based and driven digitally, virtually. I really, uh, for a while, think that going backwards as much as we all like, you know, touching products and being shopping, I think, you know, I think the pandemic will greatly pivot the way that we shop Um, and I think that through Instagram and platforms like podcasting and, um, you know, virtual digital, the website shopping, we all, we've done it enough before the pandemic to like it and know how easy it was. And now, um, technology has made it easier for us and returns are easier. And we just know it's, it's. It's one-stop shop. I, I mean, I have to say it does feel good, though. Like, I was in an H&M the other day. I masked up. I went into H&M, and I was like, hallelujah. It felt so good to be shopping, you know, in a retail uh, space. And the music was pumping, and, yes. you know, um, H&M, all these cute clothes. And I just, I felt so good being in that space. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be people like you that are beautiful and vivacious and authentic, um, talking about the products that they love, the fashion that they love, and the people will want to. And, and now you can do that on Instagram and on a lot of platforms. You can shop directly from people's posts. So. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, going down the Instagram rabbit hole, oh. I'm like, oh my God, the algorithm knows what I'm into. And I just keep clicking. And I'm like, whoa, who are these people? Where did yeah. they come from? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, you, you've always dressed real women and, and real people over the course of your career. What is something that people can maybe incorporate into their own wardrobe or think more about as they move into the next season? Um, you know, like it's just, you know, some people say, oh, you know, you wear the Spanx or, you know, like what would you say as as an expert stylist? Because there's so many things to be considered. You mean what people are going to be wearing like in the next how like or or just in general what people should consider like some people say shapewear makes you feel better like always wear the shapewear like you know what are some things that we don't need to i think there's more of an acceptance i Hmm. mean shapewear is a great tool when you know you're when you're going out i mean it's not that comfortable shapewear let's just face it 
I mean, come on. <laughs> he wants to shove himself in those pieces. Like, so, um, I, After I have this baby, though, I like to feel like I have a little, <laughs> a little something. I mean, definitely. But I, I think just in terms of maybe the future when it's back to kind of event dressing and people are getting more dressed up, shapewear was a critical tool I used throughout my entire career to help make, make people, women feel good and, and look their best in things. But the truth is, you know, active wear, um, workout gear, uh, you know, sweats, um, athleisure 40 is happening <laughs> right now. And when it's tight, I know. Right? Is it going to be forever? I mean, like I not. Cause you know, I like a gown girl, you know? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready for some sparkle and shine. I like, I got a Cynthia Rowley, like, um, ostrich feather dress it's like ombre the other day my husband's like what i'm like i'm i'm collecting the, the outfits now for post pandemic right exactly you know? like i'm getting ready i'm getting ready for the roaring 20s part two i think like i'm ready probably the other day we were saying that it would be so great to you know have a dinner and everyone just uh, on a gown it feels good but you know i i think the truth is like I think that that what is happening now and, you know, in our pop culture um, and uh, with the, the prices of fashion dropping oh, yeah, and more yeah. sustainable fashion, I do think it changes the way we dress. And people like to look nice and want to look their best. But at the same time, I do feel that there's far more important things that we um, as a culture need to be focusing on and yeah. take care of. And yeah. so uh, I think the emphasis of... I think just looking great and wearing things that are sustainable are, are spot on. And I think if we can use fashion as a voice to raise mm. awareness um, and empower, uh, empower and help, you know, people and give back. And so maybe that's the most important thing that fashion should be. That's the future yeah. of fashion. You know, there was so much excess materialistic, um, you know, Ness, uh, involved in fashion alongside the creative talent and the awesomeness of fashion, but right. know, it was kind of imbalanced. And I think now, hopefully, um, especially through sustainability, um, so uh, important, so super important. And, you know, I, I think that that's, what's great now with people, all the big fashion brands supporting Glenn for good is that their excess, instead of putting it in a landfill or burning it, and if it hasn't sold, like right now, a lot isn't selling, Terrible. they will donate it. Um, and then we will send it out to, you know, shelters across the, the country. Or right now we're doing a pop, um, pop-ups, Glam for Good pop-ups in New York City adolescent shelters, teen shelters, <gasps> homes across the city and state, working with New York City Administration of Child Services. Oh, so beautiful. Brands like H&M and Ulta Beauty, um, have been sending in lots in, of products, yeah, so right? Much. And then yeah. because they have it, and then we send it out to these different um, partners, uh, recipient partners that we have across mm -hmm. the country. Um, and that, and just to see the power of that to help people with 60 plus million people unemployed, they need oh, clothes. It's they need wild. Especially women, they need warm clothes. They need clothes for for their kids to go to school. So I think fashion has a responsibility like never before. Mm. We can do this. And I think the industry needs to come together like you're doing right now, platforming Glam for Good and and that getting dressed up sure feels fun. And hopefully 
you know, but there is a lot of need in our country, in our backyard. Yes. And fashion has a voice. It says, look at me. And I hope it says, let me help you. <laughs> you know? I, lo- I love that. I um, love that, Mary Alice. And, you know, I mean, I, along with our listeners, would love to support Glam for Good. Like, how would we be able to do that? Glam for Good, you can follow us on, on social media, which really does help because we let everybody know where we're going, what we're giving, and you see people receiving it. And that was one thing at the beginning I learned with Glam for Good. We really show all of our giving. So I think Mm -hmm. people feel very confident when they support us with donations. They see it getting to people that really need it. So at Glam for Good, uh, G-L-A-M number four, G-O-D, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, <laughs> and you can uh, donate uh, around. We have our upcoming uh, initiative coming up in, in New- with New York City kids um, to help them get uh, clothing, undergarments, sleepwear, wear, and, and school supplies. Um, wow. That will be posted next week. So supporting supporting that. And and donations always are the best. You know, we get yeah. clothing and self-care from brands uh, and volunteering always is fantastic too. And you can find us and reach out to us on glamforgood.com. Perfect. So I can, I can give my, don- take all my money, Mary Alice. <laughs> take all, I'm like loving what's happening right now. We'll take it. We'll take it. We need <laughs> it. We also give it as a gift for birthdays and holidays. Like, can you give the gift of Glam for Good and like make a donation in someone's name? Yes, uh, for sure. You can, there's a lot, you can reach out to us if you want to do something specific, but you can always make a donation and there's um, a way to, to make it in someone's name and honor both on the site and, and through our crowd rising. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. You know, I have to ask, I have to ask, who are you wearing right now? Like, who are you into? Oh my gosh. Who am I wearing? Well, um, who are like, who are you into right now? Like during the quarantine, like your athleisure looks like who, I mean, you have the most amazing closet. (laughs) I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes. Uh, I mean, because Mary Alice's closet is like goals. Like uh, I was just like one day. (laughs) So like, what's your go-to like brands right now while you're working and helping and saving the world? Well, I have to say, um, you know, I uh, will really you have to say H and M, and I. There's two reasons. Is one um, because it's so affordable, and after working with so many families and kids in need, you know, being able to H and M is a national partner of Glam for Good, and they have donated uh, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Right before pandemic, forty four thousand items. But wow. in, in whole, hundreds of thousands of items. And we've done amazing events across the country that they've helped empower. Um, and they've been an incredible partner. And I really want to give a shout out to a brand that has helped so many of our recipients because I think it's super important. A lot of people are on social media saying they're helping, they're doing the Instagram lives, and they're, you know, it's great to raise awareness through your voice for sure. But action and actually going into the trenches with us, brands uh, that are actually coming in and giving um, have been critical to our success and to our recipients actually receiving. And H&M, I'm just really blown away by their continued uh, giving of, of, of clothing to uh, 
you know, underserved teens across the country through Glam for Good. So I always sport, uh, uh, always sport H&M pieces and, um, and I really want to support them back because I'm so grateful for their support. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are amazing. And I'm just so like, I'm so inspired just by having this conversation. You know, there's so much that fashion can do. And you're an example of that. And like you said, you know, there's an opportunity for more of that to happen. So thank you. Well, it's to be here with you, Kristen and come when you can, you know, after the pandemic, come volunteer. And- yeah. Oh my God. I would love to Can we'll come to Maryland. <gasps> we'll come to Maryland. Oh my God. Yeah. No, seriously. Sign me up. Great. Like I may, I, I may just have to mask it up and come yeah, on down. Anytime. I would love to do that. We'd love to have you. Yes. We all Amazing. we're doing everything in masks now. So it's all, all appropriate. Yeah. So uh, oh, yes. fantastic. I'll, I'll definitely reach out about that. And obviously you're always welcome to come on the show, Thank chat you. about anything you're working on. Thank We're excited. You. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me for this week of a fashion moment. If you like what you hear, we'd love for you to join our community of listeners and spread the word about the show. We also want to hear from you. Share your favorite fashion moments and dream guests with us by sending an audio clip or email to a fashion moment podcast at gmail.com. Or you can tag us on Instagram at a fashion moment and you could be featured on next week's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you think. Until then, see you next time for another fashion moment. Podcast production by Rebecca Rashid and John Taylor Williams. Digital media production by Megan Porras. This recording carries a Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Thanks to Patrick Patrickios for their song, Hot Coffee.